0: Purpose Highway is a space for discussions that drive connections toward people's highest purpose to build a better self and a better world. Join me for season one, where I start to uncover stories of entrepreneurs and thinkers that are making an impact. I'm your host, Scott Mason, and enjoy today's episode. hello everybody welcome to another episode of scott mason's purpose highway i am very excited about the guest we have today Tilda Varone. she is an inner mastery specialist, she is an inspirational speaker, and she is a stress mastery specialist as well. She does a lot of work with individuals and human-centric corporations. We're going to find out a lot about her today, but I promise you this is going to be a fun time with someone whose life story and message will pump you up and leave you feeling magnificent. Tilda, welcome to the show. It is so good to have you. Oh,
1: I'm so happy happy to be here Scott I am excited and uh, I love our conversation so let's do it
0: (laughs) let's roll it now in my world as you know everything ultimately seems to go back to two themes disco or Donna Summer (laughs) is your life a hit single or is it an album with a bunch of great tracks
1: Mm, I love that question. I think mine is a bunch of tracks and the tracks keeps coming on. And and that is the zest of life for me. I don't know what track I'll be on, but I'm willing and curious to explore the track and make the best out of it. Mm.
0: I will say one track that makes me think of you, and of course it is a disco one, is I Will Survive. Tell us a little bit about, oh, I see from your reaction, you can relate why would that, why on earth would that song mean anything to you?
1: Oh my why? God, you, you. My song that is the song that got me through the, dark, the darkest darkest mm, parts done. of my life in my car I would be si- singing I will survive <laughs> <laughs> as long as I know how to love I know mm-hmm. I'll stay alive
0: immortal words right
1: yes. talk to us about that yes so that happened you know there are many things that happened there's a reason why I became a stress mastery educator <laughs> now I can't (laughs) say it with a smile, but I was blessed with so much stress in my life. I had no other Mm. choice but become a stress mastery educator, and I've been on the side where stress brought me down, where I went through difficult times and I know how that feels, but I also now know how the other side is, where you live your life with love, with fulfillment, doing what you love, with the people you love, and you know you have the skills how to transform your stress and grow with it. So how the song came about is my divorce story. Mm. About, Tell us. about 15 years ago or so, unexpectedly, and I don't know how it was unexpected, but it was unexpected for me. I went through a divorce after being married for 20 years. And um, and you can probably tell I have an accent because I'm from Turkey, New York. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is this Turkey, New York an actual place or is it a state of mind?
1: Well, well, I tell people I know we're diversing, but when I tell people I am from Long Island, New York, they look at me like what? When I say <laughs> Turkey, New York, they go, uh-huh, <laughs> so I'm making the map. So I think everybody in their minds have a place up for Turkey, New York.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I came to New York because I followed my heart, and I met this man on a bus trip in Egypt. He was from Ooh. New York, and I was from Turkey, and uh, and... Uh, you know, as cheesy as it is, our eyes met, and I was like, he may be the one. Mm. And I was only 22 years old, and I left everything dear to me, my friends, my family. I jumped on a plane, came for this New Yorker that I only knew for 10 days, and I had never been to New York before.
0: But, had you heard of it before at least?
1: Uh, a little bit. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs>
1: How can you not? Yes. Thank I did. goodness
0: that you at least had heard of it.
1: <laughs> I had heard of it. So, I came and I did marry this man. So, he became everything to me. So, that's why the divorce was a big crisis for me. So, we all have different crises in our lives, whether it's our health, separation, uh, death, for me, as many stressors that I had in my life, my divorce, I think, was the biggest, and I did not know how I would survive, because he had become everything, and I had three children, and uh, so That's when the song I will survive was Mm. the only thing that kept me going was I will survive as long as I know how to love. And when that love doing the practices and going through, you know, so many seminars and I don't know how many books and trying desperately to find a way to connect to love again so I can be there for my children, for myself. and and make a difference in the world, that was the song that I used to sing in my car. I love it. And I love that you just intuitively just (laughs) brought it up. It's all written on me, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of disco songs and love and survival, let me ask you then in light of that, do you believe in life after love?
1: Yes. I sure do. Love is within us. So every track has love, every mm, life has love. If we have the ability to seek and find, and there's that beautiful quote, I don't remember totally by Rumi, it is uh, how you uh, take away the barriers that is blocking you from finding love mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense. And I think uh, if we allow that, and if we explore that, there is love, in everything.
0: You know, I wanna go back a bit and ask you a question about your relationship with your husband though. So you were Turkish, you came to the strange city, New York Um, and you were married to him and you said that he was everything to you. What does that mean? Um, like, you know, was he just psychologically everything were you to you? Were you financially dependent on him? What, like lots of people feel like they're deeply connected with someone. There's a divorce. What made this situation unusual?
1: That's a great question. I think, um, there are different answers to that as I'm looking back, I think for a 22 year old not knowing anyone and coming to a new country, to a culture that you've never been exposed to from a very, I would say privileged environment that I grew up in Turkey with mm-hmm. a big family with a lot of love. And I was all by myself and I had to work from the very beginning and I never worked in Turkey before and everything was new. So I was looking at him to guide me. I was looking Mm. at him for answers. I was looking at him, I was giving all my power. Now I can see that I was giving all my power to him to save me, to um, make me happy. And later on, of course, I learned that only we can make ourselves happy. The love is w- within us, and if we don't empower ourselves and we become dependent, then we we never find who we are and our purpose, and that is what gives us the energy. For me, finding my purpose, finding who I am, and really letting go, and now i can say like i see the blessing of my divorce because i would have impacted only my ex-husband and my children and i've impacted thousands of lives just because i went through this difficult period and i wanted others to learn from me and get on my shoulders and understand what it is so Does that answer your question? So looking at it at that time, financially was I dependent on him? No, because, I am an entrepreneur, and I have been. It was in my blood at all times. (laughs) So I arrived to this country at 22 as a pharmacist, and at 23, I opened a women's clothing store. So when you talk about tracks, Scott, I have so many tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I opened a women's boutique on Lexington and 63rd, and I became it was successful so financially i wasn't dependent but emotionally i was and i thought i was i i gave him that power that he knew what to do when to do how to do and i was just this um I was minimizing who i am and putting him on a pedestal and looking up infatuated and i think that had an impact on my marriage most likely now that i can look at it from a different perspective yeah,
0: yeah. it's interesting because um you know a lot of people operate from a mindset of Oh, if I adore this person, if I worship them, if I flatter them endlessly, if I pedestalize them, they will be so, um, enamored with my, you know, infatuation with their, with their magnificence or their perfection that they'll love me. When really a lot of times we don't realize it, but that worshiping of another human being actually sometimes can cause them to hold us in contempt, or at least cause them to devalue us and what we can bring to the table. And psychologically, it does take away our power. Do you agree with that? Or am I just I, am I just I, saying I, words that I, don't make any, even any
1: sense? Oh, no, I, I agree 100%. I think it's not good for them. It's not good for us. It's not good for the greater good, really, to be minimized. Yet there is no book to tell us how to be in a relationship, what to, I mean, there are many books, but when we're experiencing it and all these different um our beliefs, our stories come into play. Uh, I think we can't, sh- if we are putting someone on a pedestal or in a pit, we're not heart to heart with them. And, mm. and that is the missing point. And, and now I'm in a relationship for eight years with the love of my life. Oh,
0: congratulations. Thank
1: you. And it's very different because I grew up, because I can be heart-to-heart with them. I, I can remove myself from a pit or a pedestal, whereas before, I didn't have that awareness.
0: Am I hearing you talk a little bit about the concept of accountability mm. in an interpersonal romantic relationship?
1: Yes, accountability and really our willingness and our courage to show up as who we are, Scott, in everything that we do, in our relationships, in our work, in our personal life, in our families, with our friends. It is the accountability of taking responsibility. Instead of blaming, shaming, I've come to understand what is my role here? Am I uh, engaging with this person wow. to bring the best out in them while I'm bringing the best out in me? And and what is needed and that deep listening and deep reflection of who am I, who is this person, where can we meet, and how can we support each other to become better?
0: Amazing. You know, Tilda, that's... Wow. I love it. And it's something I wish I had known a little bit earlier in the history of my own romantic relationships. But that's another story that I'll be asked about on a podcast one day. Not today. What I want to talk about actually is stepping back a little bit in the conversation. You used an interesting word twice to describe things in a way that I think most people would not describe them. In particular, you said the stress that you had in your life was a blessing. Mm. You said that the divorce was a blessing. Now, most people I know Mm -hmm. would not get down on their knees and thank the universe or God or spirits or whatever it is that they believe bestows blessings upon them Mm. for traumas like those. Yet you just did. How did you make that mental twist in your head and talk to us a little bit about what that means?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And it is hard to understand where you're in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, over the years, as experiences went on, I came to understand, Scott, that everything in life happens, everything that happens serves us and hurts us. And it is our focus that creates the reality and expands the perception So everything that is happening, we want to see when it is aligned with our values, we are like, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. It's so easy to love that person, that situation, that circumstance, because it is aligned with what who you are. But if that person or the situation challenges you, we want to avoid it. We want to make it bad. We, we title it this is bad this is horrible Mm -hmm. this is terrible so i invite everyone and this is a process but i invite everyone to look deeper and and to look and see how is this benefiting me how Mm -hmm. is this situation benefiting me what is it bringing and in some circumstances that's very hard to do but once you start seeing the both coins of life in life it's, uh, it's like a coin, there's the plus and there's the minus. And we if we look at the quantum physics, and I'm getting into the physics, but yeah, I we really, want to hear that. Yes, when we go into the quantum physics, plus and minus exist simultaneously. And even if you separate them and put them in the North and the South pole, they still affect each other in the way they one effect and the cause is always related. So is in life. There is no plus or minus without each other.
0: Yet something happened when you were a little girl that I think would be very difficult for people to argue was a plus. Mm. Um And you know what I'm talking about and anyone who goes to your website and we'll give you a chance to shout out to your website later in this uh, In this recording, but everyone should because your website I have to say is is excellent Um, But talk to us a little bit about this event You know what I'm talking about And and why it would be difficult for me to believe that you really oh Oh, this is a positive But I know I could be wrong and I want to hear about why my assumption is wrong, too
1: Yes, a lot of people think, oh, this is this Pollyanna? This is not Pollyanna. This is how our mindset, the growth mindset, this is the trusting who we are, trusting the power of healing. Because this goes back to, I know that you're talking about the car accident, probably, Scott, that I went through when I was 15. When I was 15 years old, Unfortunately, um, we were in a nearly fatal car accident where my father was driving the car. My uncle died and and I fractured my neck. And I remember being in the hall of the hospital on the stretcher all by myself because my parents were also injured and they were not able to be with me. And hearing the doctors say, She may never walk again and you can imagine, yeah how devastating that can be to a 15 year old, to any how, year old.
0: How did you even cycle on? Like what was going through your mind when you heard that? I, I can't even begin to imagine.
1: It was so scary and it was almost like unreal. Everything that was happening because uh, I was on the stretcher, my father was on another stretcher, and then my aunt ran in telling us that my uncle had passed. And, and that was Whoa. like, it, we my father, I remember my father saying, this cannot be real. This is not real. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And I'm lying there saying, this is not real. This is not real. And something within me, something opened up. I don't know how to explain that, Scott, but something within me said, you can't take this prognosis. You're going to do better. And I was in Turkey, mm-hmm. so there was no really... A lot of psychological support, emotional support. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't see a therapist or this Mm -hmm. or that. I wish I had. But Mm -hmm. I did have great doctors, medical care, physical therapy. But something inside of me kept saying, you can. Just believe that you can. And I remember my school principal at that time brought me this book, Jonathan the Seagull. Nice. And I think it was the most, the first opening to spirituality for me.
0: Mm.
1: And and just believing that I can do it. And I guess I was lucky. I don't know if this is luck. I don't know. This is, you know, I cannot name it. Some things it's hard to explain and name. But I did walk. And I did do a lot of great things. So that gave me the awareness of the healing power we have within ourselves. And that led me to exploring that healing power further. And, you know, I went to college to uh, become a pharmacist to explore more and later on alternative medicine and different things, but What I really, I guess, looking back, what is important through all these crises are that ability to trust and have people around us that believe and support us in becoming better, in getting positive, because it's very easy to slide down and to spiral down and get lost because those are scary moments
0: yeah and that's something i wanted to ask you about because you know i'm sure that there are folks listening to this who themselves or or in their circles have people who might not have responded the same way they might be thinking if i had an accident and my neck was broken my uncle had just died and i was in you know, in any country, particularly in the time that this was where medical technology is not what it is now, and and medical technology now by the way, in, in this area is far from perfect, as we all know, uh-huh. you know that i I might have just sort of given up well, I might have just accepted it, and yet here you were as a as a teenager saying. I'm not on some level or another, I'm going to have hope or or this isn't going to be a fate that I will let happen to myself. What do you say to someone if you're afraid that you are a person who doesn't have the gift of that sort of natural inner commitment to hope or to the future? Like what if your natural disposition as you experience it? is to be hopeless or what if you are someone who tends to resign what if you've never what if you're someone who just for whatever reason um has never learned or never doesn't have it in you or you feel you don't have it in you to be that fighter yes. what do you say to someone like that
1: yeah and i often ask that uh, to myself scott that's such an important um uh, question because I've dedicated my life to helping others that are in these situations, uh, because I know the pain, I know the darkness. And there is also certain, of course, reality. Some of us are born more optimistic, more feisty. Our genetic dispositions may yes. be different. Um, so for some people, triggers are different and the way we react, respond to them are different. And at those times, if you don't find it in yourself for some reason, and I don't know that reason, I'm a feisty person, I'm a fighter.
0: You? (laughs) You would.
1: Yes, but I don't know if that's genetic. I don't know if it's that's learned. And that's something I think science, spirituality, psychology, everything is exploring. So what my... uh, recommendation will be for someone that's having a really difficult time is finding someone that has gone through similar things and asking for help. I think a lot of the times we take asking for help as a weakness, but it's a strength. It's a strength to say, hey, I can't do this on my own. Can you help me? And I think it is time to understand our Interconnectedness and understand the impact and the ripple effect we make on each other and uh, reaching out for help if we don't have it within us. Some of us do, some of us it's harder to tap into. Yet at 15, somehow I had that in me, but at later on in my divorce at 40, Then I reached out for help because I didn't know what to do with it.
0: And so what you're talking about is the fact that our personal development actually may not be as linear as it can be easier for us to think about. Because in a way, what you're saying is that in a time of extreme crisis, I would even say existential crisis, at least as far as your ongoing existence as a living, breathing organism was concerned, Mm -hmm. you were able to have that drive where you didn't need to reach out for help or or it manifested itself less, uh, whatever help you needed manifested itself less overtly and you went into a hyper-survival mode. Whereas later you were in a position where the vulnerability was more on the surface. And it's interesting because sometimes people can think, and I'm guilty as guilty of this as anyone, that there is a genuine especially if we were involved in self-development work, there's a genuine, consistent forward motion in life.
1: Yes. I also don't, yes, and that's very important what you're bringing up, Scott, but I also don't wanna negate the power of community. See, in Turkey, I was in a community. I had my family, I had my friends. I had the community helping me, lifting me. And I believe, and this is all as we are reflecting, um, I'm also processing this in our conversation right now. Mm -hmm. And when I was here and I came and I didn't have that kind of community to support me and I dove uh, into just working and doing things and I didn't have the community I had in Turkey. And maybe that caused also that loneliness, that desperation. So that uh, Mm. pushed me towards reaching out to others and ultimately creating the community I was seeking for. And I'm grateful to have created a beautiful community now. And I think that there's so many different tracks to this song.
0: (laughs) Yes. Keep bringing it back to music and disco, please.
1: Find a way to mention
0: Donna Summer somehow. I love you even more. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to interject there and move, actually ask another question. You have just talked a little bit about the concept of community. And interestingly, as you know, the theme of this podcast is connecting, creating a space for people to find their purpose, um, to build a better self and a better world. Embedded in that then is the idea that self-development and isolation is nothing. We all operate within community. Do you agree with me?
1: Oh, I wouldn't be here. I I have the same thing in everything I do. Also, I say, Scott, better people, better business, better community, better world.
0: I love now. Tell, tell me if every last person on the planet worked with you, went through one of your programs, had some time um, having some of that Tilde at Varon magic worked on them, what would the planet Earth look like?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. My uh, dream would be, uh, uh, my dream is that we would all understand that we all, we are all one, we are interconnected that um, without each person's happiness, we cannot be happy without each person authentically showing up in their gifts, in their magnificence of their being, and I, uh, my tagline is, unfold your magnificence, I believe we are all here, unique, magnificent in our gifts and in our contribution to ourselves and to the world. And we all need each other for this world to be a better place. So in that, my dream would be that we will all love each other unconditionally, try to understand each other and give ourselves permission to be who we are and try to learn from each other, even in our disagreements, be great listeners to ourselves and to each other, and to have the purpose of serving the common and the greater good, and really looking at things from many different perspectives and opening, widening our understanding of each other, of our cultures, our beliefs so that it becomes a zesty, beautiful place where everyone has the freedom to be and in that freedom, we all dance in the disco to our own rhythm, to the song of our heart freely and with confidence and just dancing away.
0: Wow. I am in disco heaven, and you know what? <laughs> I think the whole world needs to be in disco heaven. You know, till it, you have unfolded a little bit of your own magnificence here, and I know that it's just a little bit of your magnificence because I know a fair bit about you. How can people find out more about your magnificence, and how can they learn, how can they contact you so that you can help them unfold their own magnificence?
1: Yeah, thank you. So uh, my website, Tildet.com, T-I-L-D-E-T.com. There are many things there and uh, they can reach me also through my email, Tildet at Tildet.com. Once you get my name, Scott, life is easy. Everything is Tildet.
0: (laughs) Well, one thing that you have in common with these disco divas, since I'm obsessing on this today, is the ability to have a single name, Beyonce, Madonna, Tildet.
1: (laughs) Yes, thanks to my dad. That was my dad's gift to me. So yes, Uh, so on my website, there are different uh, explorations they can do. There is my ebook for free, Transform Stress into Success. There is a seven day journey of uh, reducing stress where they'll get emails daily meditations and practices and ways to enhance life and to reduce stress. There are many different things in my growth store on my website. And of course, if there's something specific that they're looking to do, or they want to bring to their company, my Stress Mastery program, uh, we can have a conversation and see how I can be of service.
0: Do you want to give a very brief shout out to the wonderful organization that brought us together?
1: Yes, thank you. I love National Speakers Association, New York City chapter, where we met each other and where a lot of people are coming there with this same vision that We share our knowledge, our expertise, our gifts to support each other and make the world a better place through sharing, through supporting, and through community.
0: I love it. Thank you, Tilda. It has been a genuine pleasure having you on board. Everybody, I know this has been an extraordinary trip down the Purpose Highway. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you for watching.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Join our community today at purposehighway.com and subscribe to get notified when new episodes go live. Scott Mason, checking out.